Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm the Senior Editor at B2B Marketing, and I'm joined today by Paul Gibson, who is the VP of EMEA at Demandbase. So, Paul, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, before we sort of delve into the big questions, can you please just tell us a little bit about who you are and your role at Demandbase? Absolutely. Great, David. Thanks for inviting me today. Looking forward to this session. Um, so, I'm, I'm a, a veteran, what a terrible word to use, of the MarTech space. So, I was one of the the original team who launched Dynamics in its first iteration back at Microsoft. I then worked through my way through ESPs, predictive analytics, mobile tech companies. I actually joined Demandbase about seven years ago as first man on the ground, which is quite an exciting role. Didn't really know much about um, B2B. I was more on the B2C side, but it became pretty obvious that lots of organizations were reliant on CRM, marketing automation, you know, that known audience. And the first thing Demandbase said to me was, we can help turn the lights on that anonymous audience. Does that sound of interest? Which it really did. Here I am, seven years later, we've got a, a, a you know, team of market-leading um, ABMers uh, across uh, international now. I think there's about 35 of us now. So, yeah, it's, it's good fun. So a veteran, as you say, um, you know, so in that case, you know, you'd be very familiar with ABM. It's obviously been around for quite a while now. Um, and its effectiveness is sort of hard to ignore. You know, we've all seen the research about all the success it can deliver and all the, all the various benefits. Um, but what has Demandbase's approach to ABM been today? That's a great question because I think you can talk to 100 people and they'll give you a different view of what ABM is. Our view, I think, is quite simple. If uh, there's an account that isn't a good fit for you, it isn't in market, don't waste any of your precious time, budget and resource going after it because it's not, you know, it's not effective for the business. In our view, everything else is account-based. Um, so, you know, whether it's one account, whether it's a thousand accounts, having that account-based approach is vital. I think what's what's changed from like having companies like Demandbase in the space that technology is allowing you to take that really proven approach and scale it. You can reduce the cost and resource and time that has already been needed traditionally to get ABM off the ground, and that's often what we've seen hold back companies. They know it's the right approach, but they haven't got the the time or the resource to do it. So I think that that ABM. It's the right thing to be doing. We all agree on that. And I think what's changed is just technology's allowed more companies to do it across a larger section of their audience in simplest form. Yeah, of course. And you know, with that in mind, one thing that you've you've obviously spoken about a lot, uh, including at our own ABM conference, is something called ABX. Um, and I just want to learn, you know, a little bit, you know, what is ABX? You know, and importantly, what sets it apart from ABM? You know, and I guess the the final question on that is, you know, why is it a concept that you're now fully behind at demand base? Yeah, and that's a great question. Another acronym, right? There's not enough of those in the IT world. So I think ABX is is really a concept as much as anything. We all know and we all agree that the effectiveness of an account-based approach, right? That's really important. And and again, customer experience is something that's really important. We know we need treat need to treat people differently based on the industry they're in, the size of their business, the region, but also that where they are on their buyer journey. And that's what customer experience is. So in its simplest form, it's harnessing all the great things about account-based approaches and customer experience. So ABM plus CX equals ABX. But it's also harnessing something else which we think is really important. This is something that all revenue teams should be adopting, not just marketing. This is for the, the pre and post sales, so the SDRs, the sales team, the customer success team, anyone that's involved in the revenue generating side of things really should have that same approach. 
And if we can get to the stage where all of those teams are looking at the same data with the same strategy, you're going to get the same success, right? Um, and again, I think also that ability to then report back to the business that as a combined revenue team, this is their effect we're having on our accounts really is what we mean by ABX. So it's anyone in the revenue team across all of your um, accounts and really combining that ABM and CX approach really is the best way to describe it. Okay, great. So, you know, forgive me here because I'm, I'm very new to ABX, as I'm sure actually a lot of our listeners will be as well. Um, you know, I can understand the importance of the, of the X in ABX. So, you know, the experience that your customer prospect having with your brand is key to clinching or growing that account. But isn't that just a part of ABM anyway? So, you know, for instance, through ABM, you're delivering a unique targeted experience for someone. So what's different about ABX? Yeah, in its simplest form, yeah, account-based marketing, if you're doing it right, you will have that CX element to it. I think what's really different is now, again, with the technology side of things, you're able to get a lot more insight than you ever were before. And you're bringing all that data into one place. And as I say, it's those, all the revenue teams now getting involved in it. Um, if you can align the strategies, a simple example, right? In, in the past, CRM um, is something used by sales. So sales will sit there and they look at their, their CRM data and come up with a strategy. Um, there may be advertising campaigns going on. The team looking at that will look at that and come up with a strategy. You've got all your intent data sitting there. Someone will come up with a strategy. If it's not aligned, you could end up with three different strategies going in three different directions. And that's not going to be effective. So really, it's that idea of we all know personalizing experience to an account is effective. But the ability to do that where they are on their buyer journey, you know, what industry they are across a wider section of your, organ, your, your, your target audience is much more effective. And technology just enables you to put it in that one place. And I can very quickly now see, oh, that organization, they're showing those buying signals. Are they engaging with us? Oh, they are. Oh, okay. How are they engaging with us? What are they seeing? And bring it all together in one place helps you really align things. So it's, it's that approach of saying, we're not turning off ABM. We think ABM is a really valuable thing. But now that M, which really is focused on the marketing thing, we're saying anyone revenue generating should be able to harness that, that data, come up with the same strategies and work very closely together. And if we really see that being effective with sales and marketing alignment, it brings them much closer together. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, according to our research, ABM is something that's really starting to take off. You know, and each year we're seeing more and more marketers take it up. And those who have already taken it up are starting to mature with it. Um, so for anyone listening who's thinking, you know, oh, God, I've only just got my ABM up and running. You know, what's ABX? Is this the, the next thing I need to be doing? Um, you know, what do you say to them? Does moving from ABM to ABX require a complete overhaul? Or is it just a case of sort of taking that account-based approach and, and taking it a little bit further? Exactly that. It's taking that account-based approach and bringing all those different teams we spoke about in together. Um, we, we speak to so many people. I, I had a conversation with a, with a, a CMO uh, a couple of weeks ago who was telling me that their team dreaded Monday mornings because they'd go into a sales meeting and they were handing out leads and sales were throwing them back and saying, this is a really bad fit lead. Everything you give me is rubbish. I'm not going to hit my target, blah, blah, blah. And there was a lot of confusion going on. So um, my, my view was, wouldn't it be great if you could go in and sales and marketing were aligned on those accounts. So every time an opportunity was surfaced, it was one that both sales and marketing agreed was a really good fit, and it would increase their chances of closing, et cetera. Um, and that's really what we're talking about here. And, and funny enough, they went into the next Monday meeting and, and had another awful experience that they were getting shouted at by sales. Guess what? The first thing they did when they came out was picked up the phone and said, let's have a chat. We need this help. So it's really an approach that I think everyone in B2B has desired 
But not everyone had the resource or the time to go out there and build microsites and build this brilliant campaign for a particular company. And what about all the rest of the companies? So I think what's really changing and where people need to look at it is don't stop what you're doing. Don't think this is something all of a sudden you've got to change. What we're saying is now you can adopt it and share it across a wider team within your organization. And by utilizing technology, you can start doing these things a lot quicker. Okay, and actually on that tech question, it'd be interesting to know, you know, how can the technology actually help you uh, to do that ABX approach? Have you got any examples of how that can work? Yeah, uh, some really simple examples. Like you're, you're building out strategies for the future and you want to you make sure you're focused on the right companies. Technology can surface of those ICP organizations you're working with, which ones right now are in market, i.e. they're showing relevant buying signals. The buying signals you as a sales and marketing organization are interested in. Then you can go and have a look and say, are they engaging with us at the moment? And when we say engaging, that could be they're coming to your website, in which case, what pages are they looking at? It could be that they're talking to sales. They've attended a webinar. They're coming to an event. They reply to an, an email, all of these different things. But technology enables you to surface all of this. So if you're building a strategy, it gives you the ability to put that strategy into action based on data that means something. And so technology is really, I think the term turning the lights on is something that we've always used. And, and it really is that, right? And, and I've, you know, it's, it's something that we see speeding up the process, making sure that the data is relevant and available to everyone. Mm. And do you think that the technology, sorry, the advances in technology have actually enabled ABX in the first place? So is it something that wasn't being spoken about before because the technology wasn't there? I think that's a great point. I mean, as, as I was saying earlier, we've got data disparate data sets all over the place. So how the heck do you have a combined strategy? Technologies enable you to bring all that, be it email data, marketing automation data, intent data, website data, all of that stuff in one place, which is really useful. And then obviously technology allows you to look at and say, I want to see that organization. I want to understand it, not just the buying signals, not just what, how they're engaging, but where are they in our buyer journey? Because going back to the CX point, if someone is at stage three in our buyer journey, our messaging should be very different to if they're in stage one. And I think technology is just bringing it all front and center. And then, of course, I decide there's a group of companies I want to put into an awareness campaign. Technology will enable you to do that with you know, targeted advertising and things like that. So I think it's been essential in taking ABM, which is a proven approach, and scaling it out to enable more organizations to do it and ensure that you're not missing accounts. You, know, you can concentrate on all of your, your ICP accounts. Mm, absolutely. And I remember at the ABM conference during your session, you were saying that, um, you know, uh, well, for instance, I think most people, I think it's fair to say, they tend to say it'll start with a strategy and then pick your technology to suit that strategy. But you actually took a slightly different approach saying that, you know, the strategy and the technology, they actually need to work um, sort of in collaboration. It's not that one's more important than the other. Um, can you just perhaps like elaborate on this a bit and giving your reasons for this sort of different mindset? Absolutely. I think I think it was seen as a bit controversial at the time, especially as I worked for a tech company. But all I was really trying to say is simply you can't do one without the other. So going back to what I was just talking about earlier, if you're trying to build a strategy without any data, you're basing that strategy on guesswork, cross fingers and maybe a bit of intuition. Fine, but it's not necessarily going to be effective. I mean, we've got all of this data there that helps an organization understand this company's in market right now. They're not engaging with us. So we're going to miss that opportunity if we don't start to doing something with it, allowing you to go out there and build an awareness campaign. That's what that strategy is. So if you don't have that data, we think there's a real risk of, of you know, maybe missing the mark. And no one wants to be sat there in 12 months time and saying, ah, oh, that approach didn't work. Um, 
we just wasted 12 months. Let's try something different. And also, of course, you're, if you're going to the business and saying, right, I want to run an awareness campaign next year. I want £100,000 to spend on advertising, whatever it may be. The business, the CFOs, we're hearing this from CFOs a lot, are coming back and saying, well, OK, who are you going to target and why are you spending £100,000? If you haven't got the data behind that, you've got to say, well, I think advertising is a great thing to do. If you're asking for £100,000 from your business, you really need data to back it up. So we think that data is important and you can't get that data without technology. So it wasn't saying, hey, you've got to buy demand base, otherwise you can't have a strategy. What we're saying is anyone who's trying to build a strategy without any data is really crossing their fingers and hoping. So that data that, that technology can bring to the forefront is key in enabling you to come up with a strategy that's the right strategy for your business. And it means it's going to be effective. So it wasn't necessarily controversial. It just makes sense. I think if you haven't got the data, your, your strategies guesswork. So. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. Um, I guess a, sort of a natural follow up to that is if the technology is can in some way sort of shape the strategy, what changes or advancements in technology do you think will will come up in the next few years that might shift the strategy further do you think that's a really strong question and uh, there's probably multiple different answers one of the things we're seeing is um with, with the enhancement of technologies like a demand base and others out there in the market um you have that ability to tie together all of that known and that anonymous buying committee which is hugely valuable right if i've got one or two people in that business i know and I've got a relationship with them, that's great. But there's probably eight or 10 other people in that buying committee that as much as I may want to, I'll probably never get to know and sales will probably never ever speak to, but they're key to that. So we get those buying decision, uh, we see those buying decisions and what they're researching going on out there. Bring it all together is really important. And I think that is a key element and it's the foundation really of, of, of what we're talking about today. But also one of the things we've noticed that a lot of people are relying on CRM data and they don't really think their own CRM data is particularly accurate. So there's a big push now to say, OK, how can I ensure the data I've got in my known audience is accurate? What's the what's the org chart of that organization like? So I think there's going to be a real push to make sure that that known data or what we think is known data is accurate and then combining it with that anonymous data to get that full picture. I think that's that's where we're heading and we're seeing a lot of orchestration or automation going on. So I'm sitting there and I've got this audience of companies that are showing relevant buying signals, but not engaging with us. So they're part of a targeted advertising awareness campaign. All of a sudden, another really good fit company shows those relevant buying signals. We shouldn't have to go through a spreadsheet, try and find that and do something with it. The system should be able to automate it and say, oh, that's a company that now meets those rules. Let's throw them also into the audience that's getting that particular advert. I think that's where it's going now. So a lot of the manually intensive processes that sales and marketing have to get involved with will now be pushed into an automated process. So we can do what we like to do, which is coming up with those creative strategies and ideas that really push us forward. Interesting. Yeah. And a word you mentioned there was process. So we've obviously spoken quite a bit about, you know, the, the mindset behind ABX and where it's going and, and all the rest of it. But what would you say that the actual process behind ABX looks like? Because I think we're quite familiar with what ABM should look like, whether that's on, you know, one-to-one, one-to-few, one-to-many. Um, but what about, you know, at the ground level? What does ABX look like, do you think? Uh, that's a really good question. And I think it goes back to, to the basics of we've got really lots of powerful data there that's going to help us make some really informed uh, strategies and decisions on who we're going to go after, where we're going to go after, what message we're going to use, what tactics, you know, what channels, et cetera. But it's in lots of different places. So I think the foundation of anything, um, probably any strategy, whether you're talking ABX or anything, you need the data to make sure you come up with straight, uh, the strategy. So 
the process should really start with, let's get that data in a format that from a sales or marketing perspective, we can understand where to focus our efforts, where to, you know, what messaging we're going to utilize. Is that a group of companies we want to go after? If so, how? That is the key to it. And then once you've got that strategy, obviously, the technology can fire off of that. But the process has to start with data. If you're not able to identify that is a company I should go after and it's a good fit, it's all guesswork. And so that, that would be that would be my, my recommendation to anyone. Make sure the data you're working off of, lots of people now are going through 2022 planning. And it's amazing how many we speak to who say, yeah, to be honest, we did advertising last year and we're going to do advertising again this year. All right, did it work last year? Well, about 70% of our adverts went to people we don't ever sell to. So was it really effective? No, but what else can we do? Well, what you can do is make sure that every time you deliver an advert, it only goes to those companies that you can sell to and are in market. But if you haven't got that data, you can't do it. So start at the beginning, get that data right, and everything else will flow from it. Fair enough. Well, I've got one sort of main final question for you. Um, and it's it's about uh, kind of who's, who's leading ABX, really, because obviously account-based marketing, the clues in the name, is marketing, um, albeit people are now suggesting, oh, should it be account-based marketing and sales or mm. however you want to word it? But you know, would you say that ABX is still a, a marketing-led initiative or is it an approach that needs to start at the very top of the organization, would you say? I think it needs buy-in from the top. And if I was a CEO and I knew that my sales team were running around chasing after deals that they can't close or marketing were advertised into a company that isn't a good fit and will never close in the, at the end of the day, I'd want to take control of that and say, stop it. So I think it needs the C-level um, understanding that, that there's a lot of wastage going on there that, that, that isn't relevant and isn't helping the company. But it's, it's a great question. When we started here, it was very much marketing-led. More and more, we're seeing sales leaders and um, anyone related to revenue, customer success managers saying, hey, we really need to understand where we're focusing. I mean, I had a great conversation a few weeks back with a, with a VP of sales over here who um, has a sales team who are missing their targets. And primarily, he puts it down to they're spending a lot of time chasing deals that they probably will never close. And, and then the customer success manager is in there said, yeah, well, the trouble is the ones of those we do close is then a really bad experience for that customer. The chances of renewal are pretty much none. So in both of those scenarios, they're saying we need to get a much more account-based approach, whether it's ABA, maybe X, whatever we like to call it. Our approach needs to be, let's just focus in the right areas on those companies in market. So although marketing um, very much were the, the leaders of this, it's turned into a uh, sales leader, as I say, the customer success team, anyone related to um, having to hit a revenue number and knowing their focus might not be in the right place. I mean, we've talked a lot about uh, the sales side of things, but customer success are, are getting a lot of value from, from this approach. If you've got a company that um, you're looking to renew in three months' time, and they're out there showing buying signals that they're talking to a competitor, and you know that three months ahead of time, you can get in and you can ensure that doesn't become an issue around renewal. In the same way, if you're trying to upsell to an existing customer, and you know they're showing buying signals in that particular area, it makes it much more relevant for you to reach out with, with buying signals around that. So it's a really good point. I think it, ABM, ABX, whatever you like to call it, is now marketing, sales, post-sales, all working together. And, and, and we are seeing pushes from all three of those teams. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Well, Paul, I think that's a, uh, a great place to leave it. Just before we do wrap up, um, I'm aware that Demandbase actually has an ebook out now on the topic. So, yeah. you know, what's that all about? And, it's, and uh, where can people access it? 
Uh, it's a great, great point. And it, it's from John Miller, who's uh, our CMO, uh, originally a founder of Marketo and then Engageo. So hugely experienced in the space. I've, I've whittled down ABX into what, a 10 minute layman's terms conversation. That book is really comprehensive, giving you all the bells and whistles around it. And I'd highly recommend anyone who's interested in really finding out the, the complexities of ABX, have a look at that book. Um, I think you can get it online uh, through the website, but if anyone wants it and they and they approach you and your your team, um, let me know and I'm happily I'll, I'll I'll send the copy out. Absolutely, sounds good. Um, well, Paul, thanks very much. Uh, that's all from me. And uh, for anyone listening, uh, if you'd like to listen to any of our more uh, any of our older pod- podcasts, sorry, uh, just head to www.b2bmarketing.net/podcasts. So, thank you very much and bye bye. Thanks, David. Thanks for your time.